today really is about uh, celebrating May. And I'd just like to also welcome all those who are live streaming. It's fantastic to come in seats, live streaming. It's fantastic to have you with us. Um, now, every day, in the, every, sort of in, the, in the chapter year, we do like to celebrate every year spring coming. Um, and in fact, we like to celebrate the seasons as we go through. Do come and have a seat, that's fine. Uh, we like to, we have a tradition, we have our rite of spring, which is what we're doing today. And we have Harvest Festival, which uh, happens at Harvest Time. We have Advent service uh, for winter. Because I think it's good uh, to have both the seasonal calendar as well as the religious calendar that we have in our minds as we meet throughout the year. Otherwise, I think if you don't have those two calendars, the seasonal and also the religious calendar, you can get sort of just lost in your mind. You just sort of end up intellectually theorising. You can end up intellectually... Now, I have to turn the pages now with one page, so I'm going to have to stand like this. So you can end up intellectually theorising uh, about the whole thing rather than actually experiencing the change of the seasons from spring uh, to summer to winter to autumn. And I think, just said with a context, to be connected to the seasons is to be connected to the earth. And through that connection to the earth, we're connected to the whole universe in a very physical way. So much of our connecting is done in our heads you know, how we should be doing things or what we should be doing, that we often forget the fact that we're actually part of the planet, that we're not individuals who happen to be here by some luck and that we can do what we want irrespective of the environment. You know, in truth, the environment came first. In fact, it appeared 13.7 billion years ago then eventually the earth appeared, then single-cell organisms, then plants, then insects, and finally we appeared. And we are all part of that ecosystem. In fact, you know, you could say that we are the flower of that ecosystem. And, you know, we ignore that at our peril. Most of the time we wander around as if we own the place, rather than realising that actually the place owns us. We are part of the earth. And if we don't realise that, if we don't realise that we're part of the earth, then we become disconnected from it. And then there's this disconnection and there's the possibility that the earth will adjust itself so that it has become disconnected. That which has become disconnected from it doesn't threaten it. So the earth does protect itself. And if it senses that something has become disconnected, it'll probably protect itself. And then we will become toast, either from the earth heating up and adjusting, or we'll become frozen in, a, in another ice age, or we'll drown. This is all the good news. We'll drown in the rising water from the melting of, the, uh, of, of the, um, all the ice packs. The earth will always be here. It has enough flexibility to ensure that. We humans, not so much. We require an exact temperature range. You know, oxygen we require, water and food. And when any of those is removed, so are we. 
So I think it's vital that we don't become separated from Mother Earth. This is really by way of saying why are we doing this? We're doing this to become connected to Mother Earth, that we continue to respect our place as part of the ecosystem and continue to celebrate it. Khalil Gibran, who we've been quoting recently here, said, you work that you may keep pace with the earth and the soul of the earth. For to be idle is to become a stranger unto the seasons and to step out of life's procession that marches in majesty and proud submission towards the infinite. Come sit down, Barbara, there's a place here. Much of the world's population has hidden the earth by building their own concrete jungles so that it's possible to spend years without even seeing a forest or wild animals. And that leads to a disconnection that makes us think that we can do what we like. So in a very real way, when we celebrate the seasons like we're doing here today, we're celebrating where we come from. We're celebrating cycles of life that are just as divine as Easter, Pentecost, and the Assumption. We are all a part of those seasons. And we've just come out of, literally last week, being a part of winter. Luckily, it's not snowing today. Otherwise, it's sunshine. Sun's come out, which is great. We're part of winter. We experience it, and we express it in our behavior. We wear coats. We burn wood to keep warm. We protect ourselves from the cold just as the whole planet does. And so our celebration here is a celebration of our fellowship with the planet. It is a celebration of our fellowship with the planet. So what is the essence of winter? We're going to use a bit of Shakespeare just to to tell us what that is. And Bill is just going to remind us what winter is about. Winter, William Shakespeare, when I sit hang by the wall, and take the shepherd blows his nail, and Tom bears logs into the hall, and milk comes frozen in the pail. When blood is nipped and always deep foul, then nightly sings the staring owl, to whip, to whip, a merry note, while Lucy Jones doth hear the pot. When all aloud the wind doth blow, Talking brown the parson's song, and birds sit brooding in the snow, and Marion's nose looks red and long, the roasted crabs hiss in the bowl, the nightly sings the staring owl. Everything is surviving on its own. The icicles, Dick the shepherd, and his nails, Tom, the milk, coughing, birds brewing, Marion's nose is red and raw, and greasy Joan doth keel the pot. There's a sense of all those individuals in the face of cold. Trees stark without their leaves, bears hibernating, very little above ground, except King Wenceslas and his page, lone figures in the snow, deep and crisp and even. Unless, of course, you live in a resort town where it's all very different. But we go in and we conserve our warmth and our food. And then spring comes 
And as in the song, now the spring has come again, warmth and joy will follow. And all the world looks cleaner. And our spirits feel young. Youthful zests are keener. There is a coming out and a being together. The leaves come out. The flowers come out. The bears come out. The mice come out. And there is a collective enjoyment and willingness to expend energy because energy is now available to us from the sun, from plants, from animals. There is fresh food and water. And there is a sense in spring of possibility. And where previously there was only the drab white of winter cold, now there's an overflow of color coming at us from all directions, flowing down from heaven. And our response is joy, the desire to sing and dance. And in the response of the trees pushing out their leaves and the chipmunks scampering around in the trails and the elk and the deer moving and breeding to increase their numbers. And so... We have May festivals. We have the maypole representing the tree and the ribbons representing the leaves and the children dancing around it representing the turning of the seasons and the endlessness of the earth's bounty all going this way and changing and then going that way. When daisies pied and violets blue and lady smocks all silver white and cuckoo birds of yellow who do paint the meadows with delight. The cuckoo then on every tree mocks married men, for thus sings he, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Oh, word of fear, unpleasing to a married, a married ear. When shepherds pipe on oaten straws and merry larks are plowmen's clocks, when turtles tread and rooks and daws and maidens bleach their summer smocks. The cuckoo then, on every tree, mocks married men, for thus sings he, cuckoo, 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 O words of fear, unpleasing to a married ear. Words of fear, unpleasing to the married ear. Now the interesting thing with that is that there is a sense of everyone joining and coming together. Now, does anybody know what the largest living organism in the world is? It's the aspen tree, exactly that. It's not the blue whale, but the aspen tree. And we can see it here when it comes out in leaf. We see uh, we, and we hear the birds and with the insects and the bears all coming out, which is really with everybody joining together. And so I think it's going to be only fitting that we have a situation where everybody dances around the maypole at the same time. So first of all, children, come in now and get your maypoles, first of all. Go and grab your ribbons again, children. Blessed be the longings that brought you here and quickens your soul with wonder. May you have the courage to listen to the voice of desire that disturbs you, as Travis was saying. You, that disturbs you when you've settled for something safe. May you have the wisdom to enter generously into your own unease, to discover the new direction your longing wants you to take. May the forms of your belonging, the love, creativity and friendship, be equal in the grandeur and the call of your soul. May the one you long for long for you. May your dreams gradually reveal the destination of your desire. May a secret providential guide guide your thought and nurture your feelings. 
May your mind inhabit your life with the sureness with which your body inhabits the world. May your heart never be daunted by ghost structures of old damage. May you come to accept your longing as a divine urgency. May you know the urgency with which God longs for you. Thank you.